Not my nom, nom, nom I'm with the my top chicks And we will eat on, eat on the weekly Welcome to the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here this morning on the Weekly Dish. And if you're looking for fun things to do this weekend, I just want to mention that our sponsor, Alberto Mercado, has their ofrenda in St. Paul at the store there. So if you want to see who they made their offering to for Dio de los Muertos, check it out. Do you know out. who it is? No. Oh. I okay. just know that it's there. Okay. Someone was like, have you seen the beautiful offrenda at El Burrito yet? I love it. I love all of that stuff. Uh, hi. Hi. I have stories for you today. Oh, do you? Oh, do I ever. Yeah, I'm a little on the slow side and you seem to be way on the high side. So that's a real good balance. <laughs> We're going to be like real awkward today, friends. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd like to say I came into the MyTalk uh, studio prep room this morning and there was a giant glass of Pearson's candies, which... That's my jam. That's your jam. A uh, bit of honey, the mints, the Pearson's nut rolls. That's all my jam. The nut goodies. And then you had a giant container of cheese. <laughs> Someone gave you an industrial size can of nacho cheese. Yep. It's, so that made me laugh. It was Kathy Mays from Loaves and Fishes. So, hey, Kathy, thank you for the giant ch- can of mild cheddar sauce. And thank you to Carrie and Tracy that bid on an in-studio visit we are looking forward to having you in studio. If you guys have charity things and you want us to contribute, just give me a shout and we'll find some ways to help as many charities as we can in the Twin Cities. On another note, I had a very interesting food experience that I want to tell you about. Okay, let's hear it. I went to our guest this morning at ten at 9.26 is Jamie Olson from Popol Vuh. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't been there for a while, so she wanted to come on and talk about some Mexican wines. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I better at least go experience them. So I had a reservation at 5 o'clock to go eat at Popol Vuh. Yeah. It's in Northeast. It's next to Centro. Centro is kind of the casual taco shop, and Popol Vuh is the higher-end refined dinner seating. Yeah. So we sit down. The course number one comes out. It's beautiful. The table next to us sits down. It's like a couple, and they're in their late 20s, probably. And as each course, because we ordered a lot of food, as each course comes out, my friend and I are sitting there while the waiter's presenting it. And and the woman is getting very interested in our food. And every time something comes out, she wants to ask us about it. She wants to talk about it. I'm realizing they're on a date, and they're not really talking, so I'm thinking, oh, maybe the date isn't going well. Right. But then she comes back from the bathroom and they kiss. So I'm like, maybe they've just been a couple for a long time. Yeah, and sometimes you don't have to say stuff. Right. It goes on and on. Like every glass of wine they bring, every entree they bring. And I'm telling you, we had ordered a lot of food. Yeah. And I felt like I was dining with her. Okay. <laughs> and the piece de resistance is we order the whole fish. Yeah. This beautiful fish comes the, it's got fresh made tortillas. The waiter comes. He's like getting the top of the skin off so we can dig into the fish. And he's talking about the fish and he walks away. And I'm like looking at the fish. I'm taking a picture of the fish with my dining companion. And Stephanie, she picks up her fork <gasps> and she puts her fork into my fish Before? and says, 
I just have to have some. Oh my God. Porks out a big forkful, then sticks her finger on it <clears throat> to like push my fish onto her fork so she can get the good first bite. And my dining companion goes, well, <coughs> do you at least want me to like squeeze some lime on it for you? You really should like have some lime. Oh my God. We're stunned. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. So he squeezes lime on her piece of fish from my plate and she eats it. And she's like, oh my God, I got to go in for one more. Oh my God. Yep, she did. Oh my God. And I am just sitting there like this did you is not say happening. anything? No, Stephanie March, I did not, wow. which is very unlike me. It is I was unlike stunned. you. I was stunned. Yeah. I was like, did that just happen? And my dining companion, who's so nice, yeah. he's just like, whoa, glad you liked it. Then she says, well, how much did that cost you? I said, I don't know. It was like the market price. She goes, well, what was the market price? Oh, my God. I go, I don't know. I think it was like 50 bucks. And I honestly don't know. Yeah. I just said 50 bucks. She goes, wow, you guys must be having some kind of a special night with all this food. And my friend goes, no, actually, we're just friends. She goes, oh, you're not dating? Oh, my God. Oh, nope. my God. We're friends, have been friends for 30 years. She's like, wow, because this looks like you're having some kind of a special meal. And then the dessert menu comes. And she goes, did you want to consult her? And she goes, oh, you're not going to have dessert. And I thought. I should have said no because you're going to eat it. it. Yeah. You are not on this dinner date with us. Did it you was, say that? No. I would have been like, was it, so what did her dude do the He whole just time? was sitting there silent the whole time. And like looking? Yeah. And my dude was just, and you know, the pay- tables in there are probably like. So you were at tables. You weren't even at the bar. You no, were at we tables. No, we were at side by side tables. And they're like pretty close together, sure. like maybe eight inches. Sure. So they, it's the kind of place where you can put two to four and four yeah. to six and. Yeah, it was crazy town. I can't believe that she went in and like twice, like over your onto your table, onto my table, onto my plate. Yeah, I hadn't had a bite yet. I was still taking the picture. That's that's a sin of in and of itself. Can you believe that? No, I was dying. I can't wait till Jamie comes in. I wondered if because I felt like the waiter was kind of picking up on this. Yeah, he was not the waiter of that table too. Oh, but still, I felt like he was serving from like. In between our tables, kind of blocking them at one point. Yeah. As the table and the night progressed. Yeah. It was just the craziest, craziest thing. Wow. Uh, this morning, my friend, he was like, can you believe that happened last night? And I can't, I can't believe I didn't say anything. I'm sort of, I know, I think, <clears throat> I, I mean, and I get this, and it's almost like she warmed you up, you know, by chatting and everything else. And then and it was everything like. Everything that came, it was like we, like she was there dining with us, getting the dishes presented. It was just the craziest, craziest, funniest thing. I, it gets to be a point where that like gets, I mean, like, and I've, you know, never to that extent, but I've had people who are sitting next to you and they're like, oh, what is that? And you're like, oh, this is this and that is that. And and I, I think to be fair, like, yeah. I am the kind of person that, like, I've been befriended people like that, you know, but yeah. like, this wasn't like, no, we no, weren't no. inviting you in. We no. were having a conversation. And it gets to be like, then all of a sudden you're the bad guy. And that's the hard part where you're like, I just want to sit here and talk to my friend and have my dinner and yeah. have my own time. I didn't I didn't budget my time or bandwidth to have this to carry you along this date. And I didn't order this beautiful meal for you to be a, a I, the whole fork in your fish thing is beyond me. I think I would have been like, whoa, 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 
Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I just was so stunned I said nothing. Oh, my God. And then my friend was like, that is so unlike you not to say anything. I'm like, because after we left, I was like, did that just happen? Did that just happen? Did we just spend the whole meal with her and her date? Yeah. Did you get her name at all? No. Oh, that's even worse. No. I would have been, that's maybe that's what it would have been great if you would have been like, well, hi, I'm Stephanie and this is John. And uh, I guess a radio show. Perhaps you should listen in the morning while I talk about you eating my fish. Like if you're going to eat my food, maybe I should know your name. (laughs) Like, how about that? Maybe if we're going to share my dinner, maybe we should be properly introduced. The good news about it was that. Jamie, um, the good news about it was that she'd never been to Popovu before and she was very impressed. Like we had a quite the show for her. So yeah, you I'm had like, a little well, menu exposition, it sounds yeah, like. That's at least the good news is maybe she'll go back there and Ugh. eat someone else's food. My God. <laughs> that is an unbelievable thing. Oh yeah. I also find it weird when people and this is just a, I mean, this is nowhere near that, but I was at Snack Bar, you know, the new place, uh, Isaac Becker's place. Yep. And we were sitting there and it was a couple of us and we were just talking. And then this woman sat down next to my friend, Brett, and it was like he was they were she was like, oh, what did you guys eat? And we just kind of, oh, we had this, this and this. They ordered the exact same things that we had said. Like, we're like, oh, we had great, you know, pork with tuna. And then there was some polenta. And I'm like, and then there's a build your own pizza thing. And I was like, she's like, well, what did you have on yours? I'm like, oh, well, I put olives and I used the matrachana sauce. And then I put this robiola cheese, which is really kind of beautiful. <laughs> they ordered the exact meal. Okay, like they, I just think that's flattery. Well, it's, it's sweet, <laughs> but it's also weird to me. I'm like, don't you have any idea of what you like? Like, no. they're like, oh, we'll have the pork and the polenta and... And uh, the pizza with the mochichana and the olives. And I was like, oh, my God, that's really weird. See, I'm like, when I go to a restaurant and you order something, I always am the person who doesn't order properly. Because I want all the things. My family calls me side order Hanson because I always have to have a side of something else. Yeah. Like, if I order a sandwich and a salad, I have to get the side of soup. Whatever. I'm a side order. You're a side order. I just always want one extra thing. If I share a meal with Kurt, he's like, I'll share this with you, but you cannot order something extra. I'm like, well, no. Then I don't want to share. No, don't share. Don't bother sharing. I want a meal and a half. I don't want one meal to share. Yeah. Now, my big thing is, like, I always go for the thing that I think will be the most interesting, which is often a fail. Yes. That's me, too. (laughs) And so, like, I think, like, someone, like, my, someone's like, oh, I'll get like the pepperoni pizza. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, like, fine. But like, look at this tuna pizza, you know? And I think, and then I get it and I'm like, like, oh, this is all I want is that pepperoni pizza that you're eating, you know? And I always, and of course, that's part of my job to like find the challenging things and find the gems and the stars on the menu. But sometimes it's not worth it for the eating side of me. All right. Well, we have a great show for you today. We've got a Halloween talk. I think Stephanie brought in a bag of chips, have, you guys. You guys, we have, we have, I am turning the tasting tables on Hanson for the first time. Not only am I going to make her taste some Halloween candy and give her ranking on it, but I'm going to make her taste some chips. Some All of right. the new lays are out and we're going to go through those. Chip challenge when Chip we challenge. come back on the Weekly Dish. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish, home of the forks that you can eat our food. Or not. Seriously. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, Steph March. And just had some food things that we did this week that I thought were kind of fun. And you emceed a couple things. So I got the opportunity to, the night before you went, to just stop by Fulton. And they have something there that they're doing called Brew and Moo. 
And they have uh, three beers that they have put together that pair with these delicious cheeses. And they talked a lot about the sustainability story with Fulton. And one thing that I thought was really interesting was they have tons of spent grains in these breweries. And what they do with those grains is Mm -hmm. a lot of them get them together for farmers to feed to their pigs or their cows. Yep, their livestock. Yeah, so it's a kind it's of a high sustain- protein. It's a good product. It's nutritional. And it's and it's basically free. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's a byproduct. And so it's it's using the uh, it's using the products that are going to get thrown away anyway. And then it's creating a sustainable system. And then those cows, obviously, milk, get milk and make cheese. We talked with Margaret Johnson. Did you get the chance to meet her? So I did a panel the next day. I oh, kind neat. of, yeah. <laughs> we spent a lot of time we together spend, during the week. Like in different places, though. Um, so I was there on, uh, what was it, Thursday? And it was, we had a panel discussion, which was really interesting. And I was very happy that they put this together, um, you know, to talk about, brewers and what they're doing and then the farmers and then uh you know elise uh showstrom from redhead creamery she's one of my favorite cheesemakers and up in bruton minnesota and so we had this kind of neat thing dairy farmer cheesemaker sustainability you know advocate and a brewer and so we kind of went through like that process of what does it mean and what is it you know how does that all how do these people can they work together in order to help create a more sustainable system and that's a big part of it is this spent grain situation and um and one of the things that, that, uh, you know, you have these farmers who are driving up in the middle of the night and then, you know, to get it because they really want it for their livestock. And it's sort of like this, you know, it's a little bit of a worry of like, who's got it? When can they get it? All that kind of stuff. So what they've done is create sort of an, a directory of like what brewers are doing it, you know, where you can get it and all that kind of stuff. So they formal, they're trying to formalize it a little bit better. That's smart. Um, One of the things I learned that was really fascinating talking to Margaret Johnson about her cattle farm, dairy farm, they have 600 cows. Yeah. And they have like these things on them, like a Fitbit. Yeah. And so all night long, they're monitoring, like, has the cow been sitting down, laying down too long because that's not good for the cow? Is the cow, does it have a temperature? Like, you talk about animal husbandry and what it is to take care of these animals and the technology intersecting with the taking care of the animals and how it's just so fascinating the care and feeding that goes into a dairy cow yeah we you know with common ground actually i spent time on um you know a dairy farm not too just earlier this year and you know walking through and meeting the cows and talking with the the farmers who what they do and uh, the owner, she was saying how her big thing was that she loved the morning shift. She's, and she's like, you know, I loved getting up and like, I was the first, you know, the one that they saw in the morning and we got them into, you get them into the milking thing, but they go and they go, they do, they get everybody into the milking barn, you know, or area and then they go away and then they do it again. Like by the Three time they're through it, yeah, they go and they do it again and they do it again. And it's like, she's like, by that point, you're like, you, you know, the cows and you see the cows, even if there's five or 600 of them and how it's like, it's part of, you know, really kind of, it's, it's that part of agriculture that I think people don't get either, you know, that it is a really personal thing for them to know all that thing, yeah. all that stuff. It was really interesting. Um, there were three different beers that we tried. 
Yes. Um, and just and I was just going to I want to remember the statistic because this was in, kind of important when you think about how, you know, f- uh, the margins, the profit margins in the farms, you know, are really they're kind of they can skinny. be they can be great or they can be really, really skinny. And it's been really hard the last couple of years, particularly and, for dairy. Yeah. And so this is one of those things that, you know, using these spent grains from the brewers can save a farmer like twenty thousand dollars a year. And that's that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. And so this is one of those initiatives that isn't just about helping the environment because you're not just throwing stuff away. You're not, you know, you're using them and you're reusing and you're putting them into the, into the system, but it's also helping small farms. And I think that's huge too. Yes. Very huge. Um, the, one of the things that they also did, which I thought was really cute and you can get this beer. There's three different beers that they right. had. A uh, citra hopped beer, mm-hmm. a beer that has been worked on for three years that was aged in Cabernet barrels. Mm-hmm. And then there was another beer. It was a dark beer. I'm not remembering a whole lot the about it. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. That was coffee, but also bourbon barrel. Yeah. That's a very big beer. Lots of that's a fall <laughs> winter beer in my mind. Yeah. yeah. And then they had it paired with all these cheeses and they had these really sweet little cheese board paddles mm-hmm. that they had had custom made from pallets that they use in the brewery. So it was really cute. You can get the cheese and the beer while supplies last. Well, here's the deal. They've put the cheese on their menu too. You have to remember like, it's not just a piece of cheese that day. We were, there was definitely a cheese and beer tasting happening um, and a pairing up of like, what was what, but what they have is um, they have things on their menu that have the cheese in them. The beer cheese fries. Right. So there's the Land O'Lakes. They have a Land O'Lakes cheese that was sort of like the, um, you know, the the basic sort of, I don't want to call it American cheese, but you know what I mean? It was like a basic cheese. Yeah. And then you had the blue cheese from Fer- the Caves of Faribault, which is beautiful. Yes. And then you had this Munster from um, Redhead Creamery. And that is my favorite cheese. I just love they had that little petite brie. Remember that? I loved, I always wrote up that one. That petite brie was really delicious. Oh, I love it. Do they still have that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good cheese. Yeah. Uh, we're getting to cheese season too. Well, is there ever not a cheese season? <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, that was the whole thing. I was like, they invited me to come to the panel and I was like, wait, so there's cheese and there's beer. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm there. Yeah. Um, if you were going to say, like, what would be your favorite, one of your favorites or like a handful of favorite cheeses, because we're getting to entertaining season, and I'm just curious what you would say. Because well, I know you'd say Alamar cheese, the Bent River Camembert. Yeah, I'd say that. And you know I always say Rush Creek Reserve, which is always, which is not totally been, it's not out yet, but it will be soon. That's the one that comes in the birch bark wrapper yeah. that is so pretty. Yeah, and it's just you cut the top off and you dip in. But Harbison is like that too, and that is um, a cheese that you can find in some of the better cases too. Um that's from Vermont Creamery. That's not a local. It's Jasper Hill Farms. But the Harbison is like Rush Creek Reserve in that like you take the top off and you dip in. Yeah. It's gorgeous. But there's also, I mean, I... Uh, you Have know, you had Prairie Breeze cheddar? Yeah. I had that with some apples this yeah. week just as a snack. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Do you know at the event there were a couple cheesemongers from the local stores. There was a Kowalski's and uh, the Lunt Spirely's. Uh, you know, the head cheesemongers and they we were talking about. So in Wayzata, there's a che- the cheese woman is Tatiana and she is like one of my best friends at this point because I walk up and I'm always like, hi, what's <laughs> and she's like, here? No, 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 we don't. It's not that. It's just me and my like 
Yeah, cheese. You're cheese a cheese fanatic, person. and I'm like, and she's like, oh, we have this great thing. You should try it. And she gives it. She's German, and she says, you have to try this cheese. It is so fabulous. And I'm like, oh yes, it is. And we sit there and we have our cheese moments. And she's the one who gave me the quark, which is that springy German cheese that is from my Oma's time, and it's like this beautiful cheese that she mixes up, and it's just, it's the best ever. So Tatiana in London Barley's is my favorite cheese manger. Besides, Yum. you know, so there's that. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to tell you about in top two, an hour two, two. I went to a place that is got a lot of cheeses, including Singing Hills Dairy. I love this dairy farm and they have this beautiful goat cheese yeah. and they have one that's in a jar that is potted with like olive oil and some herbs and they have it at the farmer's market at Mill City on Saturdays, but I never get there because obviously we work. Or is it on Sundays? Anyway, Mill I never... City's on Saturdays. Okay. But so, it's open till two, so you can go after this. And I don't usually. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, I need that Singing Hills Dairy Cheese. I have just figured out that they're carrying it now at the food building in Northeast. Oh, good. So if that's something you want to get, it's very wow, delicious. they are carrying it there, mm-hmm. huh? That's great. Yeah, loved. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to actually talk about the food that was so good at Popol Vuh that, that the lady had to off your table with her fork when we come back on the Weekly Dish. We are here with Jamie Olson, and she is the proprietress. Is that what we call you from Popo yeah, Vu, Minneapolis? So fancy, I like I it. I know, though. I know. <laughs> you Sounds are like a Halloween fancy. costume. Oh. <laughs> proprietress. <laughs> you, that's what you could be for Halloween and like dress it but up. That's what she is every day. Yeah, right? I know. Regular that's clothes and. <laughs> so Jamie, I was saying that your food was so delicious that my neighbor felt like she needed to have some, which is a different story for another another time, yeah. but. Um, I can you explain? I was with someone last night that had never been to either of your places. Mm-hmm. Can you explain Centro and Popovu? Yes, of course. I've done it a million times. Um, <laughs> so Centro is more of the casual Mexican street food. It's definitely designed more to fit the the art community in Northeast Minneapolis. Um, it's fun, bright, vibrant. It's counter service, uh, more relaxed. And then Popovu is the opposite. So that's going to be the more refined, um, a more elevated food, drink, cuisine. Um, definitely where Chef Jose Alarcon really shines and can have some fun mm-hmm. um, and, and can be creative. So, And it's really, um, both spaces are so beautiful. I The design of it was really lovely. Because Central feels really light and airy and it's surrounded by a big bar. It's always got a lot of activity. It's kind of a bustling neighborhoody feel to it. Mm-hmm. But Popovu, as soon as you sort of walk down that hallway into that space, it's warm. It's rustic. It just feels like you're in his kitchen kind of in yep. Mexico. Yep. And that's that's it's how it was meant to be designed. Um, I had a lot to do with the design in the beginning. I I think a bar in the center of a space really brings energy. I'm a huge energy person. I talk about yeah. it all day long to okay. my staff and they kind of probably get a little sick of it, but, <laughs> but they've, they've accepted it and embraced it. And, you know, I think a space is the energy and that starts with design. Mostly it's, it's the people in the space and, and their attitude and their, um, how happy they are. But, okay. So you had the opportunity to go to Mexico and to meet people that are making wine in Mexico. And we never think of Mexico as terroir no. for wine. No, no. it's, it's not new. I think it's the oldest winemaking right. region in North America, but it's starting to become more popular. I think of more as like what Napa and Sonoma was before mm-hmm. Napa and Sonoma became um, so huge. So to put some perspective on it, 
2015, I think there were about 60 wineries in the Valle de Guadalupe, and now there's 125, and that wasn't that long ago. So Mm -mm. um, it's picking up traction. People are, you know, visiting. They're, you know, they're finding the wines. It's 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 and it kind of follows if you travel at all, like in Italy or Croatia, uh, France. There's this trend of real people coming back to the farm developing and working through heritage grape profiles and doing small, more boutique wine settings. 100%. Yeah, well, I mean, I think now that wine has been broken from the idea that only the French can make wine and good wine, and so what's the point? You know, it's Mm -hmm. and it's come to the point where it is understood as an agricultural product. Yeah. You know, and I talk about that all the time because that's how you make it for everyone is by understanding that it's just grapes you know yeah. what i mean yeah grapes and technique it's no different than milk and technique or you know it's it's the idea that it can be something that's grown and understood and there's no like giant mystery to it no it's and farming. so I mean, it's- and the more we try it and the more we we put ourselves into you know the place where you are an experimenter you welcome the innovations yep we're talking with jamie olson who's the proprietor of centro and popovu and the wine flight that you had there, there were, let's see, two, four. I had five glasses of wine. It was Small a $35 <laughs> flight. It was great, though. Like, and, yeah. and of the five that we had, I love, love, loved two. I Ooh, liked two. And then one I was like, mm, I probably wouldn't order that again. But none of them were not good wines. Right. And they mm-hmm. were all Mexican wines and wines I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the wine that I loved so much that I was hoping that I could buy it somewhere. And that's kind of going to be my next question. So prepare is the, uh, Chardonnay Sauvignon Blanc, the oh, first course wine, Pedra, the sparkling. Oh. Yeah. That's my favorite too, but I'm a lover of bubbles. I, anything bubbles all the time. But it was yeah, that really, was really a special good. wine though. It's very dry and yep. Um, is that somewhere yeah. you can buy it? Oh, that's a good question. That would be an Erin of New France question. Because um, she's the importer, right? She's the importer, and she's had... It's kind of been her and I working mostly her, but me as well, bringing all German, right? these yep, yeah. wines mm-hmm. to, to Minnesota. There were two before Popovu opened, and now there are, I would say, she's got a, probably close to 20. That wow. Yeah, no, it's, it's... I love that that's a thing that she's taken on as sort of a passion project, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that just that benefits all of us. And I think, you know, for her, it came from visiting that. I mean, once you visit this area, you fall in love and you you want to see these people succeed and you yeah. want to sell their wine. And, you, you know, it's the stories as much it is as it's the product. And, and it pairs so beautifully with the food. Like, yeah. the we had whole fish... Obviously, we also <laughs> had though, the octopus that, you know, it's hard to cook octopus. And your presentation was, I just thought, fantastic. Feels like everybody tries and a few do it. Well. That's yeah. right. And and you order it and you're like, oh, darn. Yeah, you're like, one of those people that tried and I commend you for that. But um, Jose. Yeah, yeah, it was really, Amazing. really, really delicious. Um, the Tempranillo was also... Yeah, so that is... So Santos Brujos um, Tempranillo, that is Vina del Sol uh, winery. And so that's the only biodynamic wine in okay. Mexico right now. Oh, And that was kind of fun. We got to visit the winery. And Sergio, the winemaker, it's, it's his house. And then he, the floor opens up. They call him Batman because it's like a bat cave. And you walk down and the ceilings are like insanely high and he makes wine. I mean, that's where all the wine is fermented and made and it's like cool. underneath the, it's bigger than his house, but it was kind of <laughs> It's cool. like the caverns, yeah, right? That's it cool. was really, really cool. So. Oh, nice. Do like you, um, so exploring this cuisine of Mexico and this heritage of Mexico, mm-hmm. what is it that a 
appeals to you? Is it the chef's story and like you got sort of involved in his story and you want to bring that to life? 100%. I can honestly say that, you know, Jose was the inspiration. I really wanted him to have a place to showcase his cooking. And then uh, my education of the region and the area definitely came before the restaurant opened, but I heavily started researching and and fell in love Mm -hmm. after the concept was decided on. So, and I am so in love. Like there is every part of Mexico that I want to explore and visit. And there's so many different Wine areas, um, Valle de Guadalupe being the biggest, but also food regions and you know, agave, our agave list is huge. So. Well, you guys are doing the work of, I think, really breaking through and understanding. I mean, Mexican cuisine is one of the, it's it's the only cuisine, I think, mm-hmm. that has been designated as a UNESCO heritage cultural thing. So, like, the cuisine is protected and it's because it's so varied and vast and beautiful. And yet we in America tend to think... Hard taco shell, ground meat, and orange cheese. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so like that's been our tradition. You know, it's like we are slowly opening up to the idea that we can have refined Mexican cuisine, and it's it's just as beautiful as any sort of you know tortilla or taco or whatever. And I think that you guys, I mean, it's it's kind of funny that in town we don't. I mean, it's like Jose is the only one who's doing these beautiful sort of Mexican plates. We don't. It, it's kind of funny too because like I go to El Burrito, obviously, and they sponsored the show and. You know, she's cooking or they're cooking the recipes of their family, family. and it's and homey. Right. Yeah. She says these are family recipes. Yep. But you get like the her mole and then you can see like the trajectory of how that mole in a more refined presentation is a little bit different. Like there's so many moles in so Oaxaca, many right? Moles. Right. Oh and gosh. everyone's family yeah. mole is like their own gravy and their special sauce. Mm-hmm. But it's like as if we were, if if it's like it's almost as if as for American cuisine, all we had was burger shops. That was it. Right. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden someone's like opens up this thing and does, you know, this beautiful California cuisine. And you're like, wait a minute, what's that? Like, why haven't we been doing that? That's what I feel like that you guys have been doing. It's and, like opening people's minds to what and people beautiful. Know. Like yeah, they, they are. I feel like we're teaching Every single day, like the guests, like have so many questions, and that, like, even like the masa corn chip Mm -hmm. in the sort of amuse bouche that was the first course, yeah, it was just this really hearty, delicious chip. That I mean, you've never had a chip like that, you know, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, it's true, uh, really delicious. When you're out and about and you're just drinking wine for fun because you obviously like wine, I love where do you go in the Twin Cities? That oh my gosh, you're like, oh, this is where I like to go when I have my night off. Oh gosh, that's a hard question. Um, only because I am at the restaurant or of yeah, course. Right, with my right. children. I have two children too, so I have my my Monday night available where I don't have kids and and don't work. Which unfortunately, there's a lot of places that are closed, that are closed on Monday. Yeah. Um, like Jones in the Park is one of my favorite places. Yes, but I they're do closed Mondays, so I I rarely get I over there. Um, there's so many great places with great great wine list yeah joan really and susan's like, wine list is really hand curated yep. they do a great job and it's there. a small neighborhood spot yep. that makes you feel welcome and you never feel like i always feel like people who are looking you know kind of to begin their wine journeys are always a little bit worried that they're going to look weird or they're not going to pick the right thing they get overwhelmed and i think joan and susan do a great job of trying to make sure making sure that you can follow that path really i sit down there too and they're like okay i'm like i want wine you tell me what wine to have like yeah. i don't even pick Right, right. I just let them pick it for me based on what I've eaten and they never fail. Never yeah. fail. All, I mean, all the restaurants that like I go to though, they all have stellar wine wine programs. Aren't yeah. we lucky? I mean that we are lucky and I can't remember the last time I visited a place and looked at the wine list or tasted something and I was and I was underwhelmed. I right. mean I'm 
Right. I'm pretty satisfied with <laughs> well, <laughs> and anything. On that note, if you right. want to be extremely satisfied, head over to Popol Vuh. Jamie, thanks for being on today. Oh, thanks for having me. It was me. a delicious meal. So delicious, again, that my neighbor had to eat some. But that <laughs> happens when you have delicious food. Also really well presented, too. She was so interested in what the waiter was presenting. It was like she was at my table with me. So there's that. <laughs> uh, thank you for being on. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jamie. is the phone number if you want to call in and speak to Miss Holly Roberts. She will take your calls. Actually, she's not going to speak to you. But if you want to call in and you have a question, (laughs) she'll be nice to you. I'll say hi. I mean, right? (laughs) But you're calling in to speak with Weekly Dish because you have a food question or you want to make a comment about wine or you want to know what Stephanie's favorite cheese is to put on a charcuterie board. Butter. It's butter. My, my cheese is butter. <laughs> Carrie Gold butter. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Lurpak. <laughs> okay, six. Five one, one six four one one zero seven one. I'm having brain fart and I can't That's remember the phone number right. this morning. Right. All right. So, um, okay. We had we, a couple questions. Yeah, we like. do. Uh, okay. Wait, I'm lost it. Oh, what it a is. great show last week. Absolutely loved it. I've been having dinner parties ever since I was in my 20s. Oh, this is Jilly from last week. Okay. She says, I can't wait to pick up the Crooked Waters Negroni yeah. that we talked about last week, the bottled cocktail. Mm-hmm. We're now planning on splitting a half a pig with another couple. And we are going to the cidery that you guys talked about with other couples tomorrow. You really do help me create such a full life. Wow, that is so nice. Yeah, that was nice. Yep. Really nice. Um, Okay, here's a question we have. Someone is looking for a gift for a friend that loves hot condiments. Any suggestion on local stores that would carry super hot or spicy salsas, hot sauces, etc.? And obviously... I got this. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you can go to like the Golden Fig and you can shop. You can also go to You Betcha Box online. They have a box that's called Minnesota Hotties. And there's five hot sauces in it that would be great to gift. And you can order it right online. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a local company that is carrying all Minnesota makers. So mm-hmm. that's a fun one. And then just like Crybaby Craig's, like going over to their shop and picking oh, up. Oh, you, you can find Crybaby Craig's at like Lund's and Byerly's. And mm-hmm. I mean, they're like six bucks a bottle. It's, and I would say that most of the grocery stores in town have a great supply of local hot sauces. Yes. Too. So and Certex does too, as does um, Double Take Salsas has a lot of local pr- produced products. But they're in the grocery stores too. So yep. you don't have to go to like each different place. Um, there is that pepper place in the Mall of America. Yes. And that has hot sauces from around the, the world. The original pepper, it's called. Yeah. They have um, a ton of stuff. And then just El Burrito. So if you want to like do something really uh, Mexicanized, head there and pick up, you know, salsas from their deli and then you can pair them with hot sauces. So there's that. There's good. Okay. Uh, six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. It looks like we have another question about, I, I mean, it's a little, still a little early, but I'll allow it about Thanksgiving. <laughs> allow I'll allow you allow to ask it. Thanksgiving she questions. Said, because she basically says, I agree listening to your show that it is a bit early for talk of Thanksgiving, but I'm considering doing the buffet instead of a sit down dinner, which has been our tradition. I'm wondering, do you have suggestions for serving dishes that keep the food warm as 25 people go through the line? Have you ever made your turkey ahead of time and just warmed it day of? Um, she wants to get her plans kind of kicking. So I've done buffets almost, I've done almost always done a buffet because mm-hmm. of the fact that I have a lot of people and I can't get those people at one table with all those dishes. Um, and I just think that there's a couple things that you have to consider that, uh, 
it's not the food's not going to stay hot (laughs) and that's kind of the deal but it doesn't stay hot on the table either like that's sort of this funny thing where it's not going to cool down so rapidly by the time that your 25 people go through the line right like i don't think you need to get crazy with like chafing dishes and sternos and things like that if you don't have it that to me is a little bit above you know much i would just say the things that you want to have hot keep them warm until the until you just get them on the table nobody cares if your turkey's hot let me just tell you that because but but they do care if the gravy's hot yeah 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 that's a thing that should be warm because then you put that over your turkey and it makes it warm so you don't have to worry about that but uh i would say that um instant pot for the mashed potatoes that was a life changer for me that was okay yep because i made them in advance and i just kept them in there and when it was time to serve i just literally took. did you have them on the warming because i mean i think that would burn it no no you just didn't i just had it shut and didn't open it and then I mashed them and then I shut it again. Yeah, okay. And they were in there for hours. Oh, really? Yeah, and they stayed hot. Really? And then with gravy, a little crock pot works great on a buffet line for a little gravy. It's yeah. not super pretty. No. But it works. Well, or if you have, yeah, I mean, I guess I had, I always have gravy like in a pan on the stove and I just keep refilling it if it gets. That's what I do on the table. Yeah. Um. Also, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, as far as making the turkey ahead of time. I don't know. I've never made it ahead of time. I've always made it the day of. Why? And I guess. Why I, would you? I guess I don't know why. Yeah, you unless I don't think you're saving yourself that much effort because it's not that. Like you're mostly, it's most of the time. time. In the, yeah, that's the thing is if you want it carved ahead of time, I mean, you could do that. You could kind of warm it in the oven a little bit just to give it. A, if you've done it ahead of time and then carved it, it just feels like I can do that on the same day as you I'm could doing do it all the, the day other before stuff. probably and just do it low and slow. Like, so literally, instead of cooking the turkey, you know, six hours, maybe you cook at 12. But then you have to get it up to temperature. I don't know why you would. Like, this is a bird. It's not, to me, like a fatty pit. You know, like when you go slow and slow, you're doing it to break down tissues and muscles and fat. And the birds don't have that. So, like... I, this idea that it took all day to cook this bird. I always feel like, what were you doing? <laughs> it doesn't take that long. It's a couple, it's like 20 minutes per pound. It's not that big. I mean, unless you're doing like a 75 pound bird. Uh, six, four, one, six, five, six, five, one. one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. I don't know what is happening this morning in I my know. brain. It is good. But there's, so, I mean, it's also a really nice day outside. It's maybe our last one. This is my weather report for the day. Is that is the day to get out because it's going to get real cold, you guys, coming up. It's really lovely. Uh, one place, too, that I want to mention is the General Store in Minnetonka. They have a great local little selection. And they also have good um, like gadgets and stuff there. If you're heading out that way, that's always a fun store to shop. Oh, yeah. For um, sure. Okay. I have something else I need to tell you, too, Stephanie. Okay, what? This came in my inbox, and I know that a lot of the pie classes are filling up with Heather's Pies and some of the other folks, but the Good Earth, or excuse me, the Good Acre, not the Good Earth, the Good Acre, has a pie class that they're doing on Thursday, November 14th that still have seats open. It's with Chef Beth Jones. It's $45 per person, and you will leave with a pie and a no-fail pie crust. So there's that. They've also got a class for a vegetarian Thanksgiving on the 19th and on the 20th, Thanksgiving treats beyond pie. You know what is a Thanksgiving treat beyond pie? What? Pumpkin cookies with cream cheese frosting. It's a good idea. Yum. I know. It's They make those at D'Amico. Yeah, those are those. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a legendary thing. It sure is. I don't know about pie. I mean, like, I love... I don't know. The pie thing is like, how do you do all pies? Do you do a pie and a thing? Do you go one pie, two pies? I'm going to do two pie. You're going to do two pie. Two pie. I'm going to make apple. Kurt's going to make uh, pecan. 
Do you and you make those? Oh, and we'll make pumpkin too. You have to have pumpkin. See, I feel like you have to have pumpkin. So pie. I'm a three pie. And even if like every nobody else wants it but me, I will alone 100%. eat the pumpkin pie. A hundred percent. It's not Thanksgiving if you don't make that. I know, but I almost always buy it. I oh. buy the pumpkin pie. Oh, like from a pie maker. I'm just saying I don't yeah. make pie. Oh, I don't ever make pie. Oh, I know. I'm feeling so sad for you because it I'm is not. such a satisfying process, and you could do it two days before. Yeah. But I just, I'm not a, I'm not a pie maker. Oh. I just, I've not been historically a pie maker. I'm I make breads. A, I make, yeah. you know, I've, yeah. If you think about the things that I have endeavored to make for Thanksgiving over the years that are like technically hard. <laughs> yes, like, that's like why I'm laughing. Giant loaves of bread and like these, you know, like very multi- intricate things. You've spatchcocked a turkey. Yes, I roulotted those legs last year, yes, for God's sake. That was not easy. Yes, 